Good morning. How's everybody doing this morning? Good. Listen, I just want to clarify a couple of things that Pastor Zach had said. We don't need to start this this morning gloomy and doomy. Amen. But I believe this, that as we stand continually in faith and prayer, believing for God to work a miracle, you know what? That's what we're believing for. Amen. I talked to Pastor Josh and you know, sometimes we can look at things and sometimes we hear things and news doesn't seem good. It's not, it's not Joel's sins that have put that, him in his position. It's our own sins. It's on the things that we've allowed, even in our own lives. And we know this, is that, that we know that, we, we know that, how many believe that God can work a miracle in Joel's life? And so I've had people say, you know, Pastor, I don't care what I hear. I'm still believing. I'm still trusting. I got a word from God and that's how we need to be. Amen. I mean, and, and we can pray. Let me tell you, the most important thing to do right now is to pray for not just Joel, but for the other two boys as well. Because they're being affected. They haven't been around their parents in a, you know, a day here and a day there. They try to do it. And, and it's like for a month. It'll be a month Wednesday. And so I just, I just ask you to pray for Josiah and Judah. It's just as difficult for them you know, as it is for Josh and Lindsay to look and be there with Joel. Uh, Zach and I did have the privilege of going there this week. And if I looked at the way everything looked, I, I mean, my heart was broken. I cried. Let's be honest with you. I cried. But, you know, that I also have hope. Amen? I have hope that God's going to do something incredible. Do you believe that? And so I just, I know that you're praying. I know that, I know that not only are you praying, but that you're believing God. And I pray you continue to stand there. Sometimes the Bible says, stand there for. And we go, I don't, and you find out as you keep standing what you're standing there for. And so I just ask you to continue to stand and to believe. I mean, sometimes they get people that don't understand their circumstances. They talk to them or they text them and they, you know, they try to encourage them. And sometimes when you're in the middle of something like that, it's very difficult when you have just people that just speak, look, like jovial Christian things or common Christian things and say, I understand your pain. No one understands their pain. You know what I mean? You don't understand me. I've gone through something. No, you haven't gone through what they're going through. And so I encourage you to continue to text them when you can. I encourage you to, to continue to pray with them. Tonight, we're going to celebrate God after 21 days of fasting and praying. Amen. I got to celebrate something. My goodness. And so right now, I'm going to go ahead and dismiss our, our uh, OSC kids. Come on, kids. Give the kids a hand as they go. And uh, this morning, if you would turn with me to a portion of Scripture in Acts chapter 5. Say it when we say Acts chapter 5. You don't have notes this morning, but I encourage you to have a pen and a piece of paper of your Bibles and a pen. And, uh, you know, I, I firmly believe in the old, uh, the old Chinese proverb, clean Bible, dirty Christian. Dirty Bible, clean Christian. No, when I, it doesn't matter how much you mark up your Bible. It's whether or not God has marked your life and your heart. Amen? And so this morning, I just want to read a portion of Scripture. And if you're looking for a title of this message, you're not going to like it. But it's okay. Because we're going to get through this. It's called Awake, O Hypocrite. See, I knew I'd get cheers and hollers and, you know, accolades and everything. Thank you all for all that. Thank you, man of God. I've been fighting a little bit of head cold and... Scott, you're a blessing. I don't care what your wife told me at the beginning. Of the no, I'm just. She did not, I promise. Holly, you, you're sweet. He, is he sweet to you, Holly? 
Yeah, and you're sweet to him, right? Yeah, that's right. And that's why y'all come to the marriage conference, right? Okay. Hey, I'm just telling you, you're going to have a great time for this marriage conference. First time we've ever done anything like this with marriage. And so I encourage you, everybody, save up. I mean, I understand. It. I'll just say this. If you can't afford to come, call us. We want, we'll, we'll help you somehow. I understand. It's not about, look, put it this way. We're not making money on this thing. This ain't a moneymaker for the church. This is a, a life investment in your lives. Amen. And so I want you to, let's just pray. It, Acts chapter 5. Father, I just thank you. I thank you that I can come and that, God, that we can come as a church and we can say, God, speak to us. Sometimes we, we go through things or we read things and we don't really comprehend what you're really trying to speak to us. It's just kind of like, it's it's like just blabber, blah, blah, blah. But, Lord, this morning I pray that you would come and that our ears would be in tune to what you would want to speak to us in our lives and the way we live our lives and the things that we do. I just pray it and pray that you would bring this story so alive. Lord, there's, there's times or points of time that you give examples for us to live by. And, Lord, I know this is one of these stories, and I pray that you would just allow me to speak it in such a way that, that conveys your heart and your desires for every one of us. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Here's a story in Acts chapter 5, and it goes like this. I'll read, start reading it, verse 1. And it says, but there was a certain man named Ananias who, with his wife Sapphira, sold some property. He brought part of the money to the apostles, claiming it was the full amount. With his wife's consent, he he kept the rest. So in other words, you know, they kind of conspired and they were going to give, but they decided to keep some. Then Peter asked, uh, then Peter said, Ananias, why have you let Satan, uh, claiming he was a full amount, with his wife consent. Then Peter said, Ananias, why have you let Satan fill your heart? You lied to the Holy Spirit and you've kept some of the money for yourself. The property was yours to sell or not to sell as you wished. And after selling it, the money was also yours to give away. How could you do a thing like this? You weren't lying to us, but to God. As soon as Ananias heard these words, he fell to the floor and died. And he says, everyone who heard about this was terrified. How many of you would be terrified? How many ever lied? Come on, anybody ever lied here? Okay. How many of you never lied? You're lying. Anyway, just. And he says, it's, and, uh, uh, but God, as soon as, and he says, then some young men got up, wrapped him in a sheet and took him out and buried him. About three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. Peter asked her, was this the price you and your husband received for your land? And she replied, that was the price. And Peter said, how could the two of you even think of conspiring to test the spirit of the Lord like this? The young men who who buried your husband are just outside the door and they will carry out you too. Instantly, she fell to the floor and died. When the young, men came, the young men came in and saw that she was dead, they carried her out and buried her beside her husband. Now listen, it says this, great fear gripped the entire church and everyone who else who heard what had happened. Let me just tell you, I wouldn't have wanted to been one of them young men that carried him out. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I mean, I mean you walk in, man, every time somebody has, Peter has a little council meeting, people dying. Okay, so you go, well, you know, and... You know, just let me just, I'm going to make the point. You know, some years ago, there was a, a guy that had bought this incredible piece of art. And in this piece of art, 
there was, there was this guy, they thought it was a monk, it was a monk praying at a table. And this guy bought this, this painting for thousands, tens of thousands of dollars. And so when he got the painting, he brought it home, and under further inspection, he began to look at this painting of this monk praying at the table. And further inspection, he saw that in that painting, the, the guy was not holding a Bible, which he thought, but it was actually a little pan that he was holding in his hand. And not only was the, it wasn't a monk, it was a man, and in the other hand was a lemon. And so what he was doing is the guy that they thought was a monk that was, that was holding a prayer book was actually holding a pan, squeezing a lemon. And see, things are not always what they appear. Spirit, sometimes, even in the realm of spirituality, are you hearing what I'm saying? And so, you know, oftentimes we think a certain person is spiritual. But can I tell you something? But when you get a closer examination, we find out to be a bitter, sour person or a sour story in their lives. And when you see the real picture, it shocks you. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. And see, this is exactly what happened in the, in the text concerning Ananias and Sapphira. You know, you don't know this, but the, the, the previous chapter in Acts chapter 4, what had happened is Peter and John were passing by the gate beautiful. And this guy was actually three, and, and he was coming, and they were coming by, and he goes, and he goes can you give me some silver? And they go, silver and gold, don't, we don't have any of that. But what we do have, we, and they pray for him, we'll give to you. And he got healed after 40 years being crippled. How I many you know that's a miracle? Look, after a month being in a hospital bed, can God raise up little Joel? Absolutely. And we would go, a miracle. So what happens is, here, before this story happens, before Ananias and Sapphira happen, what happens is, this guy's going around, and people know who he is. They've seen him for 40 years in this place. And they're going, oh, look, that's the guy. And what happens is, the religious leaders find out, and they get a little like, oh, my gosh. So what they do is, they pull in, Peter and John, and they tell him, he said, hey, man, y'all can't be talking about this Jesus. Because that's what they thought. Never mind. We'll tell them, can't, you, don't say it. Or they, they were going to threaten him. And I, remember, I, love, I love what Peter says. He goes, hey, man, are we supposed to listen to you or God? We're not listening to you. We're going to listen to God, and we're going to continue to proclaim this. And so they shut him. They threw him out the door, and, and the, 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 these religious people begin to get together. What do we do? And he goes, I don't know. It's a real miracle. We don't know what to do. We just tell him to shut up. So they didn't know what to do. So they brought him back and said, shut up. And so they left. And all the people, they didn't whip him. They didn't beat him. And all the people around them saw him. They were going, wow. So what they did is they get and they have a church meeting. They go and they have a prayer meeting, kind of like a celebration night that we have. And they start celebrating God. And they go, wow, this is awesome, man. Look what God is doing. They said they had 5,000 men. That doesn't count the women and the, the children. You imagine that. It was, that was a big church. And they're celebrating. And the Bible says in the place where they were, all of a sudden it got shaken. And literally the foundations started shaking. And people were, yes, look what God has done. And right after this incredible church service, and, and, I, and people going, man, let's go. Let's go sell all we have. Give to the church. Let's proclaim the gospel all over the world. They were so excited. There wasn't like a, you know, someone kind of drumming them up to give. It was something that they saw. It was, someone they, it was something they experienced. 
And see, God wants us all to experience his love and his forgiveness. God wants us to experience his grace. How many of you believe that? Because when you see it in yourself or you see it in someone else, it's something that shakes you to the core. And you go, I can't keep living the way I'm living. I want to serve God and honor him with all my heart. Amen? And so I'm just excited about it. So what happened is the Jews were coming from all over to celebrate. And, and, and God had just done. And they were, they were at a place. And the place was shaking. And people were coming to know the Lord. And everyone sold their possessions, gave their money, put it at the disciples' feet. And, and here in this picture, Ananias and Sapphira come in. And they wanted to fit in with everybody else. But what they conspired to do is they conspired to say, hey, we're going to act like we give all we're going to act like we sold the land for this amount of money, and we're going to tell everybody this is what we gave. And that's what the land costs. But inside, they were already, they were lying. And so are y'all following the story? Peter asked him how much, is, how much was the amount. Ananias lies. And he said, you sure? And he goes, yes. And we know what happened. He fell down dead. Boom. Another thing is, three hours later, Peter asked his wife the same thing. She says the same thing. Boom, dies. Keep in mind, see, <coughs> you see, how many of you say this seems like really harsh punishment, Pastor Bubba? Come on, be honest with me. Come on. I look at this when I first read it, the first time I ever read this story, I go, man, that's, God, that's not even fair. That's harsh. Come on, are you with me? How many of you feel like it's a harsh story? I mean, the rest of y'all see y'all still lying. And see what happens, you keep in mind, see, God always uses a point in time sometimes to give us direction that God will use an example in the Bible, and I'm going to show you another example in a minute. It uses a point in the Bible to set a precedence for all of man, for all of time. And see, this is a point. See, keep in mind that God made a very strong statement at one point to be remembered and applied to all our lives. Another example is in Joshua, chapter 6 and 7, the children of Israel. Are y'all with me? Come on, are you with me this morning? Help me out. I need some help this morning. I need some encouragement, all right? Somebody, Miss Jean, pull out your hanky. I don't care if you wave it to her. She got it. She's ready. I didn't even bait her. Somebody, y'all can talk back at me, and I don't mind. Somebody even raise your hand. I know you're not having a question because every church you've been to, you never had a question anyway. So anyway. And see, the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness for 40 years and were greatly anticipated this promise of our promised land. And all of a sudden, they get to this place, and it's called the place. Here they are. They've just crossed. They're excited. They're in the promised land. And God said, the first place you got to go to is Jericho, this fortified city, huge. And as they're in the city, as they're going, God said, this is what I want you to do. I want you to get, this, I want you to get seven priests, and I want them to get them a ram's horn. And I want you to get the altar of God, and I want all the men for six days to march around the city once. So they march around the city. And he said, on the seventh day, I want you to march around the city seven times. And when you blow that trumpet, I want you to shout. I mean, just shout. Woo! How many of you, with all your, how many of how many you just but, that, you know, when I say shout, a lot of you just shout at your children sometimes. Don't do that! But this is a battle cry, kind of like Braveheart kind of thing. Ah! And all of a sudden, after seven. 
seven days, they get around that thing, and all of a sudden, the seventh day, they, go, they blow the horn. You know, I mean, however they sound, I can't do that. The shofar, they blow it all of a sudden. And I love what Winky Pratney said. Archaeologists said, you know, that the walls came down. In other words, you know what happened, really? The walls didn't fall. God made the walls go. Just suck them in the ground. You imagine taking a shower. I don't know what you're doing. But, you know, all of a sudden, God, whatever you were doing, and they go, and they went in. They got this city. And what God said, whatever you do, when you go into the city and you take it, he said, you don't touch the gold. You don't touch the silver. Any of the most fine things, you bring them, and we're going to put them in the treasury of the Lord. They're for the Lord. Don't touch them and don't take them. So, man, they had great victory. They're pumped up. They're excited. They see what God did. They took Rahab, the harlot, to help the spies. She was the only one spared. They grafted her into the children of Israel. And all of a sudden, the Lord miraculously brings these walls. And all, all except, everybody obeyed except one person disobeyed God's command. His name was Achan. Achan, seeing all the gold, actually saw a robe, it says, that was from the country of Babylon, his fine robe. And he got some gold and he, saw, and he got some silver. And it's like he lusted after those things. How many of you ever saw something you just got to have it? Huh? How many of you ever touched something when God told you, or, or not God, but something like, remember when I was growing up, your mom was, don't take that. Don't touch it. My mom, I remember when my grandmother, they used to have a little store uh, right there by McNeese Street. I, know it used to, I think it's Kroger's now. But uh, kind of where the Burger King, where the, uh, right near Mac, McNeese, had that grocery. My grandma lived back, and she used to always shop there. And we went there one day, and I kept saying, can I put my, can I, can I put my hand in? And they used to have, remember how they used to have, when you used to put your grocery on the conveyor belt thing, you know? And then they had this little lit-up thing, and they used to have magazines in. It was kind of clear glass. So, my generation, you understand what I'm talking about. Anybody else? I mean, I know, you know. But and it would have like a magazine there. And I remember one day I said, can I do, can I put my hand in, can I just, my grandma, don't touch it. And I, you know, every time I went, I never did. But this one time there wasn't a light in it. And she said, don't touch it. And I kept, can I please, Nene, can I just, no. And I remember when she wasn't looking, I put my finger in that little thing and it didn't have a light bulb in it. And I put my finger in the socket and it went, and I couldn't hide it from her. And I, ah, she went, I told you, you know, right here, you know, come on. She loved me. I got found out. But see, what way happened with Achan is that when he got found out, it's like all of a sudden they go to battle. Hereafter they win, they kick tail on this one battle. And they're going and they go take the spies and they come back to Joshua and say, hey, this next city we, we take AI. Joshua, we don't need to send the whole army. We just need to send a few. We could take them. They ain't nothing, man. I mean, you ever get proud? They ain't nothing, man. They go down there like, brave heart, kind of. They get to the city, and guess what? Little AI kicks their tail. They're running. And all of a sudden, they come back, and Joshua and they're freaking out. What the heck happened? We just knocked down this big old wall city. God was with us. And all of a sudden, they, they, they go. The they leaders get together. They tear their clothes. They start praying, oh, God, what do we do? And I remember in the story, when you read it, God says, Joshua, get off your face, boy. Get off your face. It's not a time to pray. It's a time to battle, son. 
And he said, I tell you what, get all the tribes and get them together. So they have a big powwow meeting, big church camp. And they do a big old powwow meeting. He said, no, no, it's from the tribe of Judah. So they put the tribe of Judah right there. And he's like, no one knows what's going on. And all of a sudden he goes, no, it's not the tribe. It's, this, it's the family within the tribe, this net family. I'm not going to name the name because it's one of those last week, you know, I had a hard time pronouncing a name last week. So I'm not even going to Mr. Clayton. So anyway, he told me, hey, Pastor, you got an A minus on that sermon last week because you couldn't pronounce the name. <laughs> and so I said, well, I take that as good. I'm not perfect. So anyway, praise God. And I remember... As they're doing that, and they go, no, it's, but it's by this man and his family, and this family finally gets down to the guy, Achan. And, he, and Joshua goes, my son, what happened? And he tells him, he said, tell me the truth. And he says, I saw a robe. I felt I had to have it. I wanted it. And they had a little bit of gold and silver, and I buried it in my tent. And I put the gold in the ground, but the silver's a little deeper. And so Joshua sends out the young guys to dig it up. See how the story's parallel? They bring it up. They bring him out to a valley. Achan, his wife, his kids, his donkeys, everything he owned, his whole family. And they stoned them to death, the whole country. It was called the Valley of Trouble. You go, why? That doesn't seem, how fair is that for their kids? Well, how about fair was it with those men that lost that war, that were killed in the battle? Are you hearing me? Because someone else's sin, someone else's selfishness. Are y'all with me this morning? You see, you think that's severe, but God wanted to reveal, I believe this, from the very outset, how deadly serious he was about sin. Why? Because sin would kill them. It'll kill you and me. In other words, when you and I sin, it doesn't just affect us. It affects other people all around us. It bruises them. It maims them. And they end up in a pit with us. And they didn't even do anything. How many of you I'm talking about? You see, I, I just know this. Through, these, through the Bible examples, we're able to see how severe sin is to God and how he looks at it. Think about this. What if you were, you were dealt the same thing that Ananias and Sapphira were? Our church would be very, very, very small. Amen? And you certainly wouldn't have a pastor, at least not this one. What if Ananias and Sapphira were struck down for the same sin for which they were struck down, the sin of hypocrisy? You know, we can all sing all, all to Jesus. You know, I surrender all to him. I freely give. And all of a sudden, the ground opens up or you fall dead. Pastor, why do you want to be mean this morning? I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just trying to be real. Anybody with me? If God treated us the same way, the church would be... It, I think we'd be thinned out fast. God is saying, I'm going to make a severe point at this point of time in order that it might get the point for all of time. Here's the lesson. Here's the lesson I want you to learn the lesson. Hypocrisy kills. Say it with me. Say, hypocrisy kills. Hypocrisy is the one sin that angered Jesus. 
He loved to eat with, with the Bible says he loved to hang out. He loved to eat with sinners. He hung out with the tax collectors, the prostitutes. They felt, he felt comfortable around them, and they felt comfortable around him. But when Jesus said, woe unto you. Hey, hold on, let me get my water before I start squeaking. He says, woe unto you. Those that, that who thought they would be, you know, they thought that they were the spiritual. He said, woe to you guys, man. You think you're all that? You ain't all that. You're not all that. Don't give, give me all that spiritual slang and talk. See, the word hypocrite, I want you to see, comes from the Greek word, and it really means this, one who wears a mask. In other words, I like this. Hypocrite refers to this, those who have two faces. In other words, you have a face for the stage and a face for the street. It's what actors would do. They would put on masks. So they were saying, you're an actor. You're an imitator. You act one way on stage, but you act another way in the street. You act one way here, but you act something different at home. Or you act one way at home, and you act different at work. It goes, I mean, I could go down and down the list. I'm not here to, to do that. But see, when Jesus said, you know, and, and I like this. I, I, there's a restaurant in New York. Get the point. They sit you down, and it's a restaurant based on, it, it, it's, it's based on hypocrisy, and it's thriving. What they do is you go into the restaurant at this restaurant in New York, and they sit you down. And if you're a woman, they give you a menu, and they give the man a menu. And when they give the menu to the wife, the menu is the price of all the food is three times higher than the man's menu. So the man can sit there and go, baby, get whatever you want. And she's reading the thing. He says, man, my husband is so generous. He's thinking of me. He doesn't care if I get the filet mignon, mignon, whatever it is. She's thinking that, oh, my God, he's willing to invest $100 just in me. Where his menu says, you know, whatever. You do the math. Hypocrisy may work for the restaurant business, but it's grievous to the heart of God. See, Psalms says it like the Psalms 103, 14. It says, the Father knows our frames. He remembers we are but dust. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 4, 7, that we have this treasure, this earthen treasure, Christ Jesus in earthen vessels. In other words, God knows we have frailties and earthliness, but it doesn't bother him. For some of you, that might be freeing. How many of you got frailties? How many of you mess up sometimes? Come on, be honest. Anybody ever messed up in here? Come on. Get a little freedom. Raise both your hands. Wait. I mean, come on. We all have frailties. We all have faults. Hang around me long enough and you'll find a list. In other words, God knows that we have these things. And Jesus loved to be around real people. It was the hypocrites, the religious folk, the people who played actors, the people that had two faces, who were a problem to Jesus because hypocrites, it truly, it truly, hypocrisy kills. See, what, what does hypocrisy 
kill. Let me give you three things, and I'm, I'm going to be done. I promise. The first thing that hypocrisy kills, it'll kill your witness. What is your witness? Who you are. People watch you. How many people are watching you? Let me ask a question. Have you ever talked behind anybody's back? Boy, I appreciate all. Y'all are just participants this morning. How many ever preached? How many not preached but talked about? I've told people sometimes when I've been talking about saying, man, we've been talking behind your back. Huh? It's all been good. Oh, okay. You see, how many people say, I'm not going, here, I wrote this down. I'm not going to church. I took my car to a mechanic who had a fish in the yellow pages. He had Air One, K-A-J-N, playing on the radio in the back room, and the brother ripped me off with a Bible on his desk because he charged me an exorbitant amount of money. What is up? I'm not going to church. That's what people are like over there. I'm not going. Come on. Anybody ever hear somebody like that? How can I be around a believer like that? You may say, well, I'm not going to be, become a believer because of hypocrites. You will spend eternity in hell with the very people you hate. Thank you for all those amens, and I love you, Pastor. If you don't like them, get saved. Get to church. Get right. Otherwise, you'll be with them for the rest of your life. Forever. Whenever people say to me, they're hypocrites in the church, say, I say, yeah, you're right. And you know what? You'd fit in with all the rest of them. Come on. We freely acknowledge that we are not even close to perfection. Anybody here perfect? Anybody perfect in here? If you are, please come take my place. We'll roll out the red carpet. We will sing your glories. You know, all that stuff. But there's no one perfect in here. Bad-mouthing hypocrites is not an excuse not to come to church. Or get right. Hypocrisy kills our witness. Amen? Hypocrisy, the second thing, it'll kill your joy. It'll kill your joy. What do you mean, Pastor Bubba? Just as Ananias and fire was struck down, so too is your joy whenever you're hypocritical. When you're wearing two faces. You become sour. You become analytical. In order just to justify your hypocrisy, you begin to analyze others and see how hypocritical that they are. So that you might feel better about your own hypocrisy. You become a sour, dour believer soaking in all that lemon juice of bitterness in your own heart. I've been around people, I mean, I've been around people that are quote unquote supposed to be these great people. And you start hanging around them a little bit. And all of a sudden, they're just filled with sourness. It's like this. It's like if I come and people bump into your life. And I'm drinking this water. This water represents you or me. And someone comes up to me and goes, hey. And they bump you a little bit. Whatever's in you is coming out. This wasn't planned. Whatever's in you is coming out of you. Let a little acid, let a little hard time get on you. I've had people, I pray with them, cry with them, and then all of a sudden something really horrible happens, and then you, you, you thought they were these sweet people, and they go from being sheep to attack sheep. 
hey, can I help you? And can I, can I just, all of a sudden, they've been, they've, canine teeth have been farmed in their mouths. Because what's happened is their life is filled with bitterness. Let me, let me do a survey. How many of you in this room have ever been hurt? Look at me. Every one of us in this room, if we like it or not, and it's not being less spiritual or anything, what God wants is realness. See, that's what Jesus is saying. Look, man, if, if you hang out with me, we're going to get real, bro. I've had come to Jesus meetings with people sometimes. I'm like, hey, we're not playing all the spiritual fluff. Don't give me praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Shut up. That's how I feel. I don't say, well, I've said that. And it's not to be mean or bad or you hear me. Sometimes the most loving thing you can do is go, you know what? You're fake. But God wants to help you so you don't keep living this way. You don't become a person of two faces. Because see, see, eventually what happens is if you keep trying to be a fake, this is what happens. Oh, look, they got another one. Here you go. This one planned either. Oh, here he comes. Hey, praise the Lord. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, where'd he go? Oh, he's gone. That preacher, let me tell you about him. He ain't nothing. Oh, there. Hey, let's love you. And you know what happens? Sometimes you forget which mask you have on. And you go, I surely don't want to be busted. But guess what? You just bust yourself sometimes. You ever been busted? My son Andrew used to play with colors. He used to love to break them. My wife would buy him a set of colors. He would tear all the paper off. Come on, moms, you know what I'm talking about. And he would go break them. And I told him one day, I said, son, let me tell you something. Now, he's not here, so I can talk behind his back. I'll call him today. I'll talk behind his back. And I remember... He's playing with these things. And I come in from work one day. Maybe you've heard me tell us, but I got a, it's a great example. And I, and I told him, son, let me tell you something. If you break any more colors, like he's two, two and a half. If you break, look at me. And, you know, he used to have snot running down his nose all the time. I won't give you that example. I could. And I go, son, if you break another color... Because mama told you if you do, daddy's going to spank your butt. Do you understand me? No break colors. That's right. No break colors. Daddy, spank you. You hear me? Yeah, no color break. One day I come in from work. I go, hey, baby, where's Andrew? And, you know, they used to greet me and stuff. So I, I think Zach might have greeted me. Where's Andrew? I don't know. And so I'm looking for my son. And if this is the closet in his room, he's like up in the corner. In his closet where no one can see him. He has no mask on. I'm, I, sne- I, go, I sneak around and he's in the corner and he's tearing off paper. <laughs> he wasn't doing that, but that's how he was feeling inside. I could see. And he's, and he's just like breaking colors. All this stuff. And all of a sudden I go, I just couldn't miss the moment. I go, Andrew, go, ah! No, Dad! 
hypocrisy will rob your joy. You get the point? The last thing, hypocrisy kills your peace. How many like peace? How many like peace up in your house? How many like peace up in your marriage? Who I'll pay a great price just to have peace. If you have little kids, how many of you pay your paycheck to have peace? Come on, you got teenagers. Come on, there you go. How about teen? Listen, children are nothing. Teenagers, come on. You got teenagers. How many say, I'll pay. Pastor Bob, I'll, I'll mortgage my house just to have peace. <laughs> I know, I've talked to you. <laughs> See, when you live a life of hypocrisy, you always have to wear a mask and keep your guard up. And can I tell you something? Just like I'm trying to give you examples, it's exhausting. But trying to keep from being a person of two masks and being a hypocrite, it's exhausting. You fear that someone may see who you really are. Acts 5 may strike fear in you, but God is just asking us to be who we really are. Paul, I love what Paul said. Paul said this. He, said, he put it this way. By the grace of God, I am what I am in 1 Corinthians 15.10. He said, I am what I am. You know what he's saying? I'm just being real. This is who I am. You see me in the market. You see me on the street. You see me on the stage. It's just, that's who I am. It's me. Write this down. If you don't write anything down, these two statements. I want to... Hypocrisy works from the outside in and says this. Hypocrisy works from the outside in and it says this. I'm going to try to be this, or maybe it'll, and maybe it'll sink in if I just try to do this. It's an imitation. It's an imitation. It's kind of like this. The other day I was running, and I was going by, um, what's the bank that Matt and Andrew used to, Capital One Bank, okay? I don't, anyway, I don't bank there. But, and I'm running, I'm, I'm, I'm running by there, and where the telephone place is, you know, the AT&T little thing on Cary is, and that, there's a, I'm running, and as I'm running, I see a, pe- a tool on the side. Oh, hey. And I, I go back, and I go, I like tools. And it was just an extension for a socket. And I always could use those extensions. How many are you talking about? But it has to be fit to a socket to know what direction. And, and it's a tool. And God really starts speaking to me about, you know, that tool. And he says, you know, it's like when everything comes together, it functions right. When the proper tools. And I'm going through all this. I'm thinking, oh, this is great, Lord. You're speaking to me. But it wasn't a craftsman. And it wasn't a snap-on. And it wasn't a Mac tool. It's just like a cheap imitation Chinese. Okay? But, and so what happens is imitations, they look good. They may work like other tools work, but you put a little pressure on it. You put a little more torque on it than normal. Come on. Because it didn't go through all the firings, the testings, all those things. That thing will snap eventually. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And sometimes we, you know, as Christians, we think, well, you know, I mean, it's not, not even just someone that's trying to live in hypocrisy. They, they're, they're, they're trying to look like all the other stuff, but pressures of life come in and they're not, it's not the real thing. It'll snap. 
And see, I know this. Christianity works from the inside out. Jesus said, I'm going to work within you. This is what Jesus to work within you to do and to will my perfect pleasure or my good pleasure. In other words, the Lord delights in you just the way you are, not a false version. Look at me. Can I just speak real plain? God just wants you to be real. He wants you to be authentic. God don't want you to be like me. I'm the best me I can be. You understand me? That's it. I'm the best Bubba McCann. Well, Howard Ray McCann Jr. That's my real name. Alias Bubba. Okay? I did that for my daddy in heaven anyway. I'm the best I can be at who I am. But it's when I filter those things through God. And there's sometimes when I don't want to face confrontation, I can try to be the hypocrite in my marriage. Come on. It's the easy thing. Well, I'm not telling her all. I'm, I'm going to give her a little bit, but not the whole thing. Ooh, that, ooh. I'll get in trouble. Hello, anybody know what I'm talking about? How many of you say, Pastor, been there? Free people, please pray for me. Pray for you, Pastor. See, the areas in your life that need to change, look at me, look at me. I want you to see. God will change them. Not by imitation of a spiritual person, but rather an impartation of the Holy Spirit. See, what God wants to do is, how many of you know it's always better when God speaks to you? And then he tells you something, you know it, and you get a confirmation. This morning I was, I was praying because I heard a conversation. And in that conversation, it just it made my heart really heavy. And I was driving to church. I said, man, you know, my pastor and I, we usually pray and talk. That morning he had, Pastor Jake didn't call me. And he had other things. And so I'm driving up. And I said, man, I, I know he's between services right now. Between Laffey and Bruce are. And I said, I'm going to leave him alone. And as soon as I said, I'm going to leave him alone, the phone answers. It's him. Rings. It doesn't answer. It rings. And it's him. And something had been on my heart. And he said, well, what you, what's God speaking to you? And I go, this is what I feel like God's speaking. He says, that's it, Baba. You just need to do it. That was it. It doesn't always happen that way. I've learned this. When I can't even get in touch with people that I love, that can speak counsel to me, I better depend on God at that moment and not me. And see, this morning, the enemy, the sin of hypocrisy will kill your witness. It'll kill your joy, and it'll kill your peace. Anybody here say, Pastor Bubba, I needed to hear this message this morning. Don't pretend to be something you're not. The Lord loves you, but he enjoys, look at me, he enjoys you. Hello? Let me ask you a question. Ladies, when you fell in love with your husband, you fell in love with him because he was who? Him, right? You don't want like him to get an alter ego and become someone else. Anybody want that? So, Pastor, I've been praying that something would really change. That might not be a bad idea. No. (laughs) 
See, God loves you except when you put on an act and you pretend to be something you're not. And you try to impress people with spirituality that really isn't there. God just wants you to be real. I went hunting with somebody and I took Denny with me. We went hunting this week. We didn't kill anything, if you want to know, that morning. But Denny, you know, he's going because, man, Pastor Pastor, it was so refreshing to be around someone who was just really real. It was just so refreshing, Pastor, just to be with someone that was real in the blind with us. And he just shared real things. And, you know, can I just tell you something? I'm done. For me, I love it when people are just real with me. I went to the chiropractor this week. Where's Dustin? Are you here? Is he here? He's with the kids? Okay. Just, y'all need to pray for Dr. Lister. I was near, he, he, he's been, he blessed me while I was going through cancer, giving me chiropractic treatment. He blessed me. He mean, just said, I believe in blessing the man of the cloth, and that's what he says. And I didn't go there, ask for that. I didn't get a card. He blesses the man of the cloth, all right? This is something I can do to help you. Well, Zach had talked to Dustin the day before, and his mother just had surgery on her kidney. And they found out that surgery didn't do well, and her her kidney's dead. And he's at the point of where he's got to have surgery on his back. He's a chiropractor, okay? He's got surgery on his back. And I, they do the little pre-thing where they put you on the machine and rubs on you. You know? You feel like a dog that's getting rubbed behind the ear. You know? And I was like, hey, Doc. Man, I heard, I heard what, what your wife, I think her name's Pam. I said, I heard what, what your wife's going through. And I heard what you're going through. How you doing? Can I just tell you something? You know what he did? He broke. They had patience all right there, and he just broke. And he goes, about my wife. And he starts trying to, he can't even say it. You understand? He's, it's a real moment. And this is what he said. He goes, I've done what I can in the gift that I have to help you. Now I need your gift for me. And my wife. I said, that's not a problem at all, Dave. Come here, buddy. I just prayed for him. I didn't ask him to come to my church. I didn't ask, tell him, yeah, you got to go through these three little things. And, you know, then God will heal you. All I could do, all that I could do, all I could give away is who I am. Are you hearing me? And what's inside of me. And whenever tough things happen, whatever's inside of you, it'll spill out. I'm praying. Listen, it's not a coincidence that I've battled things. You think about this past year. I want you to think about it. Pastor Josh isn't trying to be, I haven't tried to be a hypocrite. And people that have walked through things in this church have been very difficult. Are you hearing me? And some people, oh, Pastor Bubba's going to die. I know people thought that. And that's okay. But I went through, I've gone through cancer. I'm, I don't know where I'm at with all that. I'm believing I'm healed. Amen. Come on. Josh got hit by a tree. He, they thought he was going to, you remember that? Some of you might have forgot that. 
his little boy, all these things that have happened. I mean, just in the course of a year and different things. And I just look at that and go, God, we've tried to be real. But I know this, if, the, if all these are things are happening, the enemy always goes after the head. And if he can't get to the head, just like your family, the enemy, women, the enemy will go after your husband. Through the internet, through TV, through lack of conversation, lack of sleep, all that. The enemy will try to hit your family through your husband. And it's not a time for you. And husbands, your wives, when they're giving out and they're trying to bless and they're trying to do things, you know what I mean? It's not a time for you to be mean and, and trying to figure out the problem and give them a solution to the answer. It's your moment where you just sit there and go, hey, can I listen? You got to listen. And look at them, and sometimes we like to say it in Cajun country, we not to tie them. It's not tie them. It's just going, you have, they, they see you have compassion. Because see, and the sad thing is, in the Christian world, if someone experienced something one way, they think the rest, everybody's got to experience the same thing, what they've experienced. Are you hearing what I'm saying? When God's going to work in different people different ways sometimes, and that's okay. I mean, I remember growing up, my, my grandmother, they'd have a church, they'd have flags, they'd run around with flags. And I used to go, what the heck are they running around with the flag? With that Mike the Tiger flag, that'd be good. They'd do all these different things, and I thought, oh, that's, uh. but that was a moment in time for them. And it's not for me to be critical of that, it's for me to go, you know what? And it was a little goofiness in some of that. But there's some real stuff that really happened in some of those people's lives. And so this is what God's speaking to us. It's time. It's time for you and I just to be real with God. It's a time for us to be real with each other. Because I don't want this. I don't want the enemy to rob you of your joy. How many of you want your joy? The Bible says the joy of the Lord is your what? Is your strength. The enemy wants to take away your strength. You know, and not only that, to be a witness. There's the power of being a witness. It's to tell your story. There's power in your story. And the devil wants to mess your story up. And God says this. He wants to, the enemy wants to rob you of peace because God said this. I'll give you peace that passes all understanding. And that's what Pastor Josh is and Lindsay. They're experiencing a peace the peace of God, even though they're standing through this difficult situation. You know, Monday they start the process tomorrow. And it's that, you know, the, the, the thing that breaks my heart tomorrow is Joel's birthday. And tomorrow they start the process of all these difficult decisions that they have to make. And for us as a church, it's time for us to get real and pray that God would come. Amen. And I know that many of us are praying. And I know many of you have been real. I'm not, I'm not pointing to anybody this morning. I'm, when I preach this message, I'm not thinking of someone, this message is for them. And some people come to me after, so, Pastor, you were looking at me. And I know God was speaking. I wasn't looking at anybody this morning. If God's speaking to you, let him speak and just deal with what he's telling you to do. And if you do that, it's really God. Amen. Can we pray? And can I just say something? If you're here this morning and you just need a time to say, God, there's some areas in my life that I just need to be real in. I've played, I've allowed to be a person of two faces. Whereas I want to be, I want to look to God with one face. 
People ask me many times, they go, Pastor Bubba, are you on Facebook? No, I keep my face in the book. So we look at how we have a face toward him. And then he has a face toward us. And that cloud of hypocrisy would be dissipated. And there would be an open heaven, an open experience, an open relationship. Because that's the ultimate thing that God wants to do. Jesus said, you know, he, he says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. If you come, and that's what he says in Matthew. In other words, he said, I don't want a religion. I want a relationship with you. That burden of whatever things you've been carrying, that weight of being a mom and have all these things that you got to do, that weight at work. He's saying, this is what God's saying. Give me those weights. Give me those pressures. And let me just come and take that weight off of you. And let me just minister to you by my spirit that brings strength and brings life freshness and wholeness in your life and so I'm not doing anything but just opening these altars and if you don't know what that means that, that maybe you feel like there's a time where you just go before I leave Pastor Bob I just need a moment where I just need a I need there's things God's speaking to me in this service and I just need a moment to be with God I'm just going to open open this time where you can come you can come right now if you want and it doesn't matter what people think who cares what people think God's speaking to you that's what he's doing so these altars are open for you to come and pray if you feel like you need prayer encouragement whatever it is I'm happy to pray with you and I know there's others that would be praying for you as well so I'm going to pray and I'm, like I said these altars are open you can come Father I just thank you for what you're speaking what you're doing what you're saying to us is a body Lord, I thank you that you love every person here this morning. And because you love them, God, you want what's best for everyone. Lord, I thank you for your your grace. I thank you for your mercy. I thank you that, Lord, we realize that the enemy so many times wants to come to rob us of our joy. Not only does he want us to rob us of our joy, but, Lord, he wants to take peace from us destroy our story, our witness, who we are. And I pray for those that, that God at this point in their life that they just need you, God, to come. And Lord, right now I pray that you would just come and that you would just begin to come and begin to minister to every individual that's here this morning. Lord, you know exactly what we need. Many of us are at a place in our lives where we just know that we need you. It's not here to play games. We're just when we be real. And I pray that right now for every individual here this morning, that you would just come, you would minister, you would bless, you would pour out your spirit upon them in such a way that they would go, God, it's you. It's not, it's not me. It's, it's you. It's you. I pray your blessings. I pray the favor and the might of God for every individual here this morning that you would be with them in Jesus' mighty name. We love you. God bless you. If you need to go to the altar and just spend some time in prayer, there'll be people there to pray with you. We just invite you to come. Don't forget about our worship service tonight. We encourage you to be here. And also, our marriage camp, uh, our marriage conference coming up. You need to sign up this morning. Please do that at the kiosk. If you're a guest, please go to the kiosk, fill out a visitor card, and we will give you a gift. God bless you. Have a great, great day.
let's just leave with just a, a reverence here this morning, God speaking, God doing things. But if you need to go to the altar, please do.